Let's just think about for a moment the kind of faith that Jesus was expecting from his friends. Your brother died. It looked like their parents were already dead. Now their brother died. Your economic resources have just dried up. Your, your whole life has been turned upside down. And Jesus is requiring them, expecting them to have faith. When I return, will I find faith on the earth? So I want us to use our imaginations. What was Jesus expecting them to do those four days? So let's just think about this now. This, these are questions we often don't ask. We read the scripture and we say, oh yeah, yeah, have faith. Oh yeah. What are they going to do for four days? Here comes the people from Jerusalem to mourn and wail and console them. What was he expecting those sisters to do? You're talking about something difficult. Are they supposed to bury him or not? You know, do they put him in the tomb? Or I think probably because it was a dead body and that's part of the culture is to put them in a tomb. But what did he expect their attitude to be? Positive. What would a positive attitude look like in the face of a funeral? So you're onto something expensive. The word expecting, I like that. You had something? So if you're going to believe in the face of very difficult circumstances, you're going to have to do something. So I want us to put ourselves in this situation. Your brother died. Let's say, let's say you're married and your spouse dies. Right? That's the closest probably we're going to come to this. Or let's say you have a job and you lose your job. For whatever reason, you lost the job. So you lost your income, and at the same time, your spouse decides to leave you. That's probably the closest we're going to come to a situation like these sisters were facing. It's hard even to imagine how you feel. Right? Your heart is pounding. If you're having trouble sleeping, what am I going to do? You, you have all of this emotion, yet Jesus is expecting something from you. To be positive. And to be positive, you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to imagine. You're going to have to use your imagination. Because it hasn't happened, right? That's what worry is. Worry is using your imagination that things are going to go badly. We're all very good at that. We can imagine, oh, I know what's going to happen. Oh, you know, if so-and-so gets elected, it's going to be bad. Oh, if, you know, if I don't get out of here soon, if I don't get this job, I'm going to be... I see what's going to happen. If so-and-so does that, this is we imagine bad things happening and we treat them as if they were real. They already happened. When we imagine those bad things happening, it's called worry, anxiety, fear. It is faith in a negative sense. And your body chemistry responds as if it were real. Your mind treats the imagination as if it had already happened. It does it in the negative sense very quickly because we, we have a, what's called a negativity bias in a brain. You can also use it positively, but it takes a lot more effort. 
I want you to imagine what kind of effort it's going to take for these sisters to believe that good things are going to happen as soon as Jesus shows up. And they don't know when he's coming. He didn't say, oh, I'll be there in four days. He just said, this doesn't lead to death. This is for the glory of God. But that was enough of a, if they really meditated on what he gave them, they would have been okay. They would have said, this is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. The Son of God is going to be glorified. Jesus said that. I believe it. I think he's going to raise him from the dead. People around you are mourning and wailing, and you could, you know, you're going to say, you could even say, you know, until Jesus gets here, I'm not mourning. Until Jesus shows up, I'm not going to enter into all this drama. I'm not going to be carried away with my emotions and try to get all this attention. What do you call that attention that we get when we feel really bad and sad and we want other people to feel sad for us? Good. Self-pity. Self-pity. That's what was going on here. Mary was absolutely in the biggest pity party of her life. And she had all these people supporting her, clapping, were very happy to, to support her. They were just, oh, you poor thing. She was getting all this attention. Jesus made him angry. You are getting attention based on me not showing up or on me being not powerful enough to handle this. So we have to use our imagination. So let's pause now and use our imagination. Whatever situation is going on in your life where you've been thinking this is probably going to end badly. Oh, I don't know about that. So-and-so doesn't like me anymore. Oh, I don't, you know, this is how when... Uh, I don't know how God's going to handle this. I don't think he's powerful enough. I don't think he's able to. I've made too much of a mess here. Uh, So-and-so is against me. These people are against me. It's going it's to go badly. I want us to use our imaginations right now and give Jesus, we say, the benefit of the doubt. Give him what he deserves. It says, all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. We have that promise that everything in life, good or bad, is going to work for good. Everything is for our education. Everything is for our relationship with him. Mary and Martha could have used this situation as the most incredible faith-building four days of their lives, saying, he's coming. I don't know when, but he's coming. I am not entering into this wailing thing. So I want you to start uh, using your imagination now about how you are going to need to imagine your circumstances working out and Jesus working in them. Give him the honor that he has the power and that he cares. So let's take a pause now. I think you're, you're onto something. That it has to do that we have other gods. Right, we have. They had, and we have. We have, you know, it, whether it's money, sex, power, drugs, uh, status, attention. We all have what we think is going to make our life better, and we make decisions based on that. And in, in cases of addiction, in case you know, and, and all of us have addictions of one form or another. But you're right. These people 
who saw this great miracle and didn't want it to be true to the point that they would actually try to kill Jesus and Lazarus. They had an addiction to something too, to their power and the money that went with the power. They, they were, so they had to go away and tell, these, tell the administration what he was doing as if it were a bad thing because they were, maybe they thought that they would be rewarded by their friends. The same way Judas wanted to be rewarded for handing Jesus over. Look, these were the power brokers in that society. Judas was in the same. He thought, well, if I can just get to be friends with them, if I can show them I'm, you know, I deliver Jesus over to them, life is going to be better for me. And that's obviously what these people thought as well. Who would? So they're, they're deceived. But someone who can see that kind of a miracle and either say it's being done by Beelzebul, which is what they said with his other miracles, or this is bad. That person has what we would call a hard heart. Even the beauty, even the, the beauty of someone walking out of the grave is not enough to penetrate their greed and selfishness, basically. Yeah, which is a very sad state. But there is a, a, a point where people, it's very difficult for them to be saved. Not impossible. But as long as they have that idol or that God to chase of wealth or power or status, maybe the only thing that, that would help them is losing that. Um, which God does to many of us to al allow us to repent. He actually does us a favor because we're, we're in the, on the wrong path. And only if they lose their position or their status or their money, now are they in a position where they might repent and say, okay, I need some help. All right, I'm going to bless you now. Father, I thank you for everyone who's come tonight. I thank you for your message. I thank you for these words. I thank you for this incredible story of how you expect your friends to expect good things from you. And the faith that you desire for us and how it makes you cry when we betray you, when we pretend as if you don't care or you don't have the power to help us. Lord, I pray also for the imagination of each of us that we would use it to imagine good things happening because you said all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So I bless each one as we go. Let us have more faith and let us know you better and love you more. In Jesus' name, amen.